0: our lives intersect the lives of other people groups or even whole governments what happens next is what i explore in this podcast welcome to intersections i'm brett dickerson your host Today in Intersections, I'm interviewing Brian Winkler, who is the principal of Robot House Creative, uh, an ad and branding agency. Brian, I'll let you kind of pick it up from there and tell us uh, tell us what you do.
1: Sure. Uh, Robot House, uh, I would say, is sort of a boutique branding firm. Um, we are a uh Small group that works with mostly local businesses uh, doing either branding from the ground up, rebranding a uh, business that's not really uh, telling its best story. Uh, and then sometimes <laughs> uh, working with clients where we're not reinventing the wheel, we are just giving them a much stronger Brand message and creating campaigns through our through the process that we use. It
0: sounds like a hard process to me, Brian. Um, I'm I'm just you know thinking about just people in general. Mm-hmm. Um, all of us sound different when we hear our voice recorded than than we hear in our head. Yeah. All of us look different to other people than we look to ourselves when we look in the mirror. So talk talk about some of the biggest challenges for helping people rebranding or fixing a brand or starting a new
1: well honestly um, it sounds hard but it's it's not easy but right. if you do it right it's fun and right. it's uh, and it's interesting and really the only challenge that we try not to come across is with a client that's not engaged in the process and that's right. that's really the key and I've been, doing this working in advertising postgraduate for almost 25 years now and wow. so working at you know a couple of big agencies a couple yeah. of small ones uh-huh. uh doing a lot of old school advertising right. which is much more reactive and much more sort of playing telephone 12 people in between right. creative and client and okay. nobody's really happy because nobody's really getting what they want <laughs> uh, creative feel stymied because they're sort of put in a box right. um and they're you know, what they feel are their best ideas are getting squashed sometimes mm-hmm. in, before they even get to the client. Clients feeling like they're not being heard. Right. Um, right. So the way that we do it from having that experience and seeing what works and what doesn't, it's really contingent on the relationship. It's really the way that we approach things. And and mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons I think that we're small. We're never going to get big. Right. We, may, we may grow a little bit, right. but the way that we work, it, it's really about getting to know clients, getting to know their business, asking them the right questions and building the story together and and right. really working through the process together where you know one discuss with clients when we're pitching them is that we don't go away and then come back and say here's your stuff, here's your stuff. Right. It's cool because right. we say it's cool. And we don't say here's five logos, which one do you like best and then we wind up right. sort of frankensteining the final one out of that. <laughs> we Uh, and I I, I did a a whole bunch of that for years Um, and it's just it's and you can get some good stuff out of that you know but the way that we uh, my partners Brett and Adam and I have really developed our our core Mm -hmm. process is um, very specific steps very specific meetings getting sign-off from the client throughout the process so that when we do deliver a brand It's one logo. It's one. It's 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 a. uh, It's an entire system that we create visually, verbally, telling the story, and that's really what we sort of feel. Our tagline that we use is uh, is we build stories, and that's really another thing that kind of separates us from specific graphic designers. Uh, uh, We're all designers. Uh, We've worked in smaller agencies so you have to wear a lot of hats and so Mm -hmm. you wind up getting a lot of experience writing producing doing you know tv radio Mm -hmm. all of the above in terms of traditional media and now a lot of new digital media
0: brian i understand i understand that that the three of you in in this small group which Mm -hmm. which you're making a great case here for small organizations you know when you do business with a small organization those are the people you sit down at the table with on the first meeting yes. those are the people that are actually doing the work and those are the people who are going to deliver it later on it's not going to be the maestro come in meet with you in a conference room and then you're working with somebody else through the whole rest of the process right. so right. so and and you know that's that's that really is the difference between any kind of service that a small a small firm offers compared to right Definitely. now in 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 fairness though the th- the three of you have worked a lot in big firms haven't you yes yeah yes. so so uh what would what would the big firm argue about about why about why you should do business with a big firm i mean there there has to be an argument there that's convincing to enough people or all the big firms would just go
1: broke well, it, I think it's 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 about scale. It's about need. Yeah. Um, you know, we specifically work with small to medium sized businesses. Ah, um, okay. mostly local. All but a few yeah. uh, are are local, um, and we have great relationships with our clients out of town. Right. But the way that we work, it's it's so much. Uh, you can you can build a really strong relationship, right? Face to face, right. Yeah. And uh, and the big firms, and God bless them, they're doing stuff we wouldn't want to do because it's too big for us. It's got too right. many moving parts. It so needs the big
0: national brands. If Procter and Gamble came, came came to you guys, that that wouldn't that that might work in certain circumstances. But for the most part, you like to work with local local firms where everybody
1: gets to know each other right? yeah yeah and you know and and part of that yeah i when uh, in one of my previous lives uh uh i for years i worked on the craft food service account so yeah. i got to play around big with big national brand yeah, yeah. oreo cookies right. and yeah. uh you know, oscar Mayer hot dogs right and maxwell house coffee and all that stuff yeah you know and that was fun at the time you know but mm-hmm. um uh but yeah there's there are certain you know, you can you can kind of play in that sandbox, but you gotta right. you, know, you gotta play with that sand, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and with what we do, and especially because uh, we really are so tightly connected to the Oklahoma City community, mm-hmm. I I prefer to if we're gonna if we're gonna create something, we love creating cool things in right. the community, especially yeah. if it's a customer facing brand like a restaurant or bar or something like that. Right. We have the opportunity to essentially help shape the iconography of the city right um and uh and there that's that's a challenge and but it's a responsibility too you know if we're going to create something that people are going to see every day while they're walking or driving or Mm -hmm. whatnot in oklahoma city we want it to tell the story for that brand but also to elevate the just the visuals of Mm -hmm. the city and i and i think that luckily our creative community has grown so much stronger over the last, I would say, 10, 15 years. There's a lot more of that, but I think that it's, it's. I feel, and I'm a bit of an aesthetic snob, and I'll, I'll admit to it, but I think <laughs> that businesses, de- um, the community deserves businesses to really put their best foot forward in terms right. of what they're going to be putting in our in our airspace, in in right. in, yeah. in within our view, and and I don't think you know it really serves us best if it's all a bunch of you know junky fast signs. You know, it's got right. it's got to have thought to it. It's got. I mean, back and you know, I, I won't get on a soapbox here, but back in you, you see pictures from the 40s and the 50s and right. before, yeah. And you know, and these were craftspeople creating these really great signs, and it wasn't all just neon, but just like. Yeah. You you would see these things, and this wasn't something that was just slapped together. There right. was thought, there was art to it, and mm-hmm. and I think that that's that's something that's really important for a community, so that you know as people are exploring it and discovering right. it, or just living in it, that it, there's an elevated feel and an elevated um, touch mm-hmm. to to everything that's around you. So it so it makes a difference
0: when you're going to be driving by your work every day, doesn't it? It's yeah. I mean, and, and you I know you're going to be looking at your yeah. work when you live in the same city, you know, you're going to be looking at your work. You It isn't just that the client's going to live with your work. You, you know, they're going, they're going to pay hard won money mm-hmm. for that work. And, and so you want to do a great job, but in the end, you know, they're the ones are going to have to live with it when they sign off on it. But but when you're a small firm and you know them personally, you don't want to see them in the coffee shop and them say, you know, I'm kind of disappointed in my brand. You don't want to hear that, do yeah. you? Because you're there, you're with them, you, you know them personally. And most importantly, when it's something visual out in public,
1: you're going to be driving by it. Yeah, yeah. And and even though I've been doing this for so long, I still get a kick out of it. You yeah. Know, it doesn't get old. You know, <laughs> it was the the first time I saw something that I, I created up on you know, say a billboard, you know, it was, it it felt like nothing else. And I still, (laughs) I still feel that whenever whenever we we launch anything into, into the world, you know, it's, it's always going to be a part of you. It's not yours, but Mm -hmm. we put so much of ourselves into it. We, the clients invest in us and we invest our time in, what we create you know with them yeah
0: yeah um <clears throat> now now almost everybody's view of of advertising has been shaped you know anybody who's really interested in advertising at all mm-hmm. you know uh, you know some people they see it you know they don't really care you know sure. if it looks if it looks nice that's great but but people who are really kind of interesting in the advertising world mad men has probably had a great impact on people's view of advertising now mm-hmm. Um uh, i would i was kind of teasing you earlier on about <clears throat> about day drinking and things like sure. that. so so uh, um but but uh to what to what extent is there a madman effect that you as a small boutique firm have to kind of work up against sometime is there kind of a madman effect that you've had to deal with or or not
1: you know no you know, no is a legitimate answer here. I, I, well, I think that it, I think most people do see that, I think, in sort of the cultural conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, madmen for the most part, I think people see that as, okay, that's really the, just, just the business world and, yeah. and gender roles of the right. time. Right. Um, yeah. The uh, late 50s, early sure, 60s. Sure. You right. know, when, when somebody does, in see, Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. In Manhattan. Yeah. When somebody does see our, you know, yeah. our, our our tray of of different <laughs> bottles of spirits downstairs, as you and did, that's what I was teasing and, and you about, yeah. and that's where it generally comes from. <laughs> um, I will say though that anybody who was really a strong fan of Mad Men, um, when uh, you know the the character of Don Draper and and right. he as a creative director and thinker and conceptor uh they did a great job in really being able to kind of peel back yeah. that thinking process and and he was d- despite his, you know many, many you know human personal issues, yeah. Uh, he was a great creative director. He was yeah. he was a great thinker and mm-hmm. um, and so I would say we haven't had specific, instances of it but i would think anybody who's a big fan now maybe has a little bit more understanding Mm -hmm. of of what goes into creating that that message creating that tagline create you know trying to sort of really kind of reveal the soul of the brand and that's kind of how what we do and and especially my role as uh, Brett and Adam are amazing thinkers and designers right. and writers. Yeah. Um, most of what I do is is writing, concepting, mm-hmm. you know, sort of the big picture. Right. Um, I, I sometimes say words are my logos now. That's really kind of the role that has been my best self in, yeah. in okay. my journey uh-huh. um, to now. Um, but, uh, you know, having that idea and really being able to talk with somebody and really reveal whether it's, again bar restaurant or a pharmaceutical research company right, you know yeah. or something like that we got to know them they were really great really kind of quirky and cool and and we knew nothing about pharmaceutical <laughs> research and by the end of it right. we were able to take something that was very generic and very stock photo and mm-hmm. very expected and give them a look and a message and and mm-hmm. an aspirational voice right. that that right. was internal and now it's more a part of their external network.
0: Mad men to to me was interesting because, you know, it did it did show kind of the, the creative process there, you know, the you know the kind of dance between client and the other staff in mm-hmm. the office who who, you know, the the account executive, you know, the creative director was Directing all of those dynamics there. Now you have a bunch of soap opera-ish kind of dynamics with that that people loved also. But but for me, you know, being fascinated with organizations as I am, that's why I watched that show. It was. Fascinating to me to to you know see the writers exploring all of the dynamics that go on, especially in a large organization. Any large organization has all these. Um, you know, I was I was a school teacher for 16 years, and there was such a difference between a high school, you know, where we had maybe 30 teachers, moving to a high school more like 150. You know, big big difference there. Yeah. Because you have more dynamic with more people, so so is that is that kind of what happens in big firms? Is that you just have a lot of people? You need a lot of people mm-hmm. to work on big, great big accounts like like Kraft, uh, uh, big national accounts. But with the bigness comes a lot of other stuff you have to do just to keep the ship sailing forward
1: oh yeah yeah it's most definitely you know at yet a couple of the larger firms that i was at you know a hundred plus people you know (laughs) in one you know one building you know yeah um there's it's it's a lot closer to uh, to the sort of the Mad Men style of right. the power structure, and right. and you know, the, with with that kind of size, that does you know, it's not only power structure, but occasionally right. um, power struggles. Within, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so any yeah. place
0: where you have that many smart people in one small space, you're going to have those dynamics. Yeah.
1: Aren't you? Yeah. yeah. So, I don't
0: want to. I don't want to talk. You know this is not some big secret but you know i don't want to embarrass any anybody who used to be in that hospital so i'm not going to say where it was but i used to be in a hospital um um around staff a lot and things like that and and uh, uh it was it was the same thing there you know hospital pe- people don't think about it but for the most part they don't see it but where you get that many smart people all in one building you have all these pressures and dynamics and struggles. You know, the smarter the group of people, it seems like the more the struggle is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so it's um, easy, you know, it's easy for me to imagine large advertising firm with a lot of creative people that there's a lot of opportunity. You know, it's like the opportunity for conflict gets multiplied every time
1: you add a new person to yeah. the firm, doesn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of ego <laughs> you're right, very specifically yeah yeah <laughs> right, so and that and that's something that uh I like to hear, especially just being the three of us, um, right uh, is that it's really kind of an ego free experience yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and that also comes with. Having, having done it for a while, all of us, you know, having had, you know, um, kind of skin in the game for quite a bit. Right. Is that, you know, like I said, we are involved emotionally in our work, mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, someone is paying us to do this. Right. And so that's why uh, making sure it's the right fit on our end and on the client's end. Right um so that it does become an ego free experience for both of us so we right. are not trying to force something on a business that is not right for them while at the same time there is trust from them that we're gonna steer them right and and mm-hmm. trust is really a big part of it and right. and trust right. is uh in in a big organization if you can still maintain a spirit of trust and respect right, right. As you're working on big clients, as you Mm -hmm. are managing various and various piece accounts, that's probably a rare occurrence, Mm -hmm. um, to, because as, you know, as these structures grow, it, but then, um, it's, it's funny how in the, what essentially is sort of a communication industry that, the bigger you get, communication tends to fall by the wayside, and <laughs> and it becomes much more sort of about uh, you know kind of controlling your your right. space with communication is is easier. It's just easier when you have a
0: smaller shop. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? I mean, it is. Um, and and every time you add a new person, it isn't just times one. You know, the dynamic isn't just times one. It's it's times twenty. Right. You know. So yeah um well well good that that kind of gives us a little better view on the, on the dynamics of advertising and all of that the the amazing you know where i thought it it was really um the the uh, sterling guy that oldest kind of playboy guy you yeah, know yeah. just just about the time and i i I've experienced this around a lot of creatives before. Creative people never stop being creative. They, they tend to maybe be creative less often just because they don't need to be. You know, in his case, you see this guy, he's this kind of playboy. He's at the top of the organization. He's making a lot of money off everybody else's hard work. And you think, yeah, this guy's really kind of out of the picture. But at one point, when they're really in trouble – that that creativity kicks in and he sa- he saves the day. You know, yeah. you think, oh, this is an old guy that just sits around and drinks and makes wise ass comments. You know, uh, you know, while everybody else works really hard. But but the 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 creativity,
1: the creativity of a creative, never really goes away, does it? Yeah, yeah, and that's you know, I uh, I found myself you know when. Before I had two kids, and and you know when I had you know a little bit more free time, you yeah. know, at my most creative nine to five yeah. or eight to the mm-hmm. hours were at the time, um, I would have overspill. That's when when I, I I you know started playing around, working in like some comic books and animation. So let's talk like about that. your comic books. You know, yeah, now.
0: Yeah, yeah, now let's let's kind of shift gears sure. uh, from Robot House creative to your comic book series. Yeah, tell uh, what's yeah. that series called? And and how many
1: issues into the series are you now? Well, we've uh, uh, the, my my big comic work uh, is uh, is called Knuckleheads, um, <laughs> and it's a uh, sort of a superhero sitcom yeah. about this uh, uh, cosmic power um, is to to save the universe is given to a guy. Um, but he was massively hungover when he got it, so he doesn't remember how it works or how to use it, and so he uses it to steal Netflix and and you know cheat on video games. And okay, so, all right. Um, so we published, we self published. I I, I I created it with a friend of mine named Robert Wilson IV. Uh, he was local. He lives down in Dallas yeah. now. Uh-huh. Um, uh, we created it and self published an issue, which you can still find in some shops. Um, mm-hmm. about six years ago. Then we uh, released it as a digital series through a digital comic uh, right. company yeah. and um, published a collection, which is also in finer comic stores and Amazon, um, <laughs> called Knucklehead's Fist Contact. And that's okay. the, f- the first volume of it. Um, and, and that was in full color. Um, right. uh, uh, super proud of it. It, it really... It's, it's, it, it promises more, but it's a kind of a complete story. Right. Um, we've got it. It's kind of on hiatus right now. Robert's working on another book. I've got right. a couple of other irons in the fire. So, <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so that was something that, you know, at the time, I think we started it. We started kind of concepting it in 2009. So, I, I right. you know, uh, the, the kids were younger. I had a little bit more right. sort of, you know, spare time. Um, but, yeah, that's been kind of my... Side passion. I've been reading comics since I was five, six years old. You know, growing up, I wanted to make my own comics. I realized Uh I didn't have the talent or patience to really be a great illustrator. You know, so um, being able to with this, and then with uh, another project that I worked on that we wound up pitching as an animated series, I Uh teamed up with really amazing illustrators to create these characters and create these worlds. Mm -hmm. And you know, and then and my but my voice as a writer had been. Developed over the years in advertising, right. especially writing a lot of radio and, okay. and things like yeah. that, so that um, you know I've I'm still learning a lot about how to write comics. Yeah, but uh, my strength is really in creating characters and, and really having characters talk like people talk and and sort of yeah. have, have conversations like people really have conversations. And you
0: do the artwork and all of that. Right?
1: I, I I just write.
0: Oh, okay, you do the illustrate. writing, yeah. The the, the other uh, guy does the art, then, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And we
1: create it together. So it is yeah. in, in in the same way that we approach the branding work that we do. Right, it's collaborative. It's it's very yeah. much. It's not a case of me sort of creating characters and right. somebody yeah. else drawing them. Yeah. It's really building them together. You know, what are their you know the the secret histories that nobody will ever know, but we know. <laughs> and these are the things that right. inspire the acts of, of these, these characters. And so, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I'm, I'm working on a couple of pitches right now, some sort of in between, um, uh, books, but, um, but I've got a couple of things, you know, that I'm hoping I might be able to launch in the mm-hmm. next, uh, next year or so. But yeah, wow. that, so that's, and that's, I'm, that's, that's what you do as a sideline. It's, it's an expensive hobby, basically. <laughs> some people <laughs> mow the
0: lawn are really proud of their lawn, you sure, know, but yeah. this is what, a creative does for a sideline
1: yeah yeah yeah. and Uh, it's and it's simply from you know when i'm really inspired with what i'm doing (laughs) it doesn't the the faucet doesn't turn off really you know and and Uh you know and and great creative sort of begets great creative and does it is
0: it is it really kind of like practice for you it isn't that you have a limited supply of creativity it's more like practice isn't it that it that the more you practice creativity, the more is there is that is that right? To a certain extent, but
1: also it has to do with I think what you are doing and and mm-hmm. and when I have been in work situations before mm-hmm. I became my own boss when I wasn't at my best creatively I I wasn't challenged I wasn't right. I, I was not being given work mm-hmm. that allowed me to really explore um and you kind of, and sometimes and sometimes that's you know that's that's enough but then you mm-hmm. kind of find yourself sort of getting comfortable and, and comfort is the enemy of creativity is sort <laughs> of one of my one of my little credos um that's a good one to remember too. yeah and
0: and and so it really is about practice because because the more the more comfortable you get the less pressure there is to actually practice that that
1: creativity,
0: yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah,
1: and but it it definitely helps to be inspired on a regular basis yeah. to find additional inspiration. If so, what inspires you? Brian? Um, I would say that got so many things. Uh, one thing that definitely inspires me that kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier is you know I've lived in Oklahoma City for forty plus years. This wow. past uh, February. We celebrated 40 years. My parents still live in the same house we moved into in 1976. <laughs> I was five-plus yeah, years old. Uh-huh. Uh, I lived a year in Lubbock, Texas, 20-something years ago, right. and, and nothing helps you appreciate the cultural riches of Oklahoma City like a year in Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> um But when I graduated OU, you know, almost 25 years ago, um, I didn't want to be here because there was nothing here. And and what inspires me now is the city. It's it's looking around, seeing all this stuff going on, uh, and knowing it used to not be like this. Mm -hmm. And knowing there's so much more that's happening and not taking any of it for granted. Mm -hmm. And we can, you know... You know, we can make fun of like, oh, here's another district, here's another event, here's another lifestyle <laughs> magazine, you know. But, you know, 25 years ago, it was the Everything Sucks District. And, right. and Friday yeah. night was, you know, renting uh, Field of Dreams at Blockbuster. You yeah. know, there was yeah. there was nothing there. And so, right. so community inspires me. Creativity inspires me. Mm-hmm. Great writing, great characters inspire me. Great music inspires me. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we in the studio here... You know, we stream the spy most of the days. You know, and because it's it's <laughs> right. it's it's this amazing, locally sourced, right. um, yeah. you know, commercial free, mm-hmm. you know, font of of you know classic and new and right. local and yeah. all these things. You know, um, and so uh, so people people who are passionate about what they do inspires me, and that also ties in with our client base yeah. and. We, if we find people who are passionate about you, right? Um, then we can tap into that, right? And and reveal that, and that's and so that's how we don't have a certain type of business that we, you know, we we, we work with any type of business. Really, the, the thing that connects them all, other than generally small, medium size, is. That we're dealing with people who are passionate about what they do. Right. Um, they don't necessarily have to love, you know, construction management right. as as right. you know their kind of like you know they're, they're ideal. Mm-hmm. But but they they love their work. They are you know they are they are engaged. You know.
0: And if it's their company,
1: it is an extension of them, whether yes. it has
0: their name on it or not. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I um, mean, if if it's X Y Z Construction. You know, but but everybody knows that that Joe Brown is the guy who owns it. Then then that is an extension of, of who he is. So so the branding of that really is important to to that owner of that construction company. Um, you know, you might not think of that person as necessarily creative. Actually, they have to be very creative business wise to make something mm-hmm. like that work. Uh, but but um, uh, still that. That represents them. They take pride in that company, don't they? And they, and so uh, there there is a level of creativity there because it really is an extension of who they are.
1: Isn't that right? The analogy I like to use um, is that your brand, is it's like your dream home. If you're going to build your right. dream home, yeah. you don't build it yourself. Right. And you don't just tell, you know, an architect, you know, build me my dream home. Yeah. You collaborate, you share your vision, you put all of yourself into Mm -hmm. it because at the end of it, it's an extension of you. It tells people when they visit, this is who I am. And Mm -hmm. we really see branding the same way in that, you know, much like a person is going to talk with an architect, talk with a builder, choose all of the specific Mm -hmm. details together, that's how we approach what we do, yeah. that we are crafting something, we're creating something mm-hmm. that is, it really tells their story, that really reflects who they are, what their personality is, what their voice is. It's got to be true to them. And we've been successful because through this process, we have been able to tap into that and being able to help, they they help us reveal their truth and then we build something for them that starts that conversation that doesn't tell the whole story but it starts it it you know gives people an idea it it gets them interested and then the uh the business themselves kind of finishes the sale by simply communicating their true self to their customer okay wow this is this has been
0: a great interview brian i really have learned a lot about. Uh, about your work and about creativity on that. Good luck with your comic book series. Thank you. Uh, much luck with this with this small boutique, fairly new firm. Thank you very much for visiting with me here today. It's been a great interview. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. That concludes our interview. There are several ways for you to catch this weekly podcast. Go to our website at intersectionsok.com, where you can subscribe. Listen to episodes, read the backstory, and see photos of our guests. On iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and our Facebook page, we are Intersections Oklahoma. On Twitter and Instagram, we are Intersections OK. I always want to hear about the cool people in your life, so write to me. My email address is ideas at intersectionsok.com. Steven Tyler is our awesome production advisor. And I am your host, Brett Dickerson.